We're going to continue with our study that we started last Thursday. Let's call this uh, part two of what we started. We started talking about freedom living, freedom living, and this will be freedom living part two. Uh, we start out by saying that practice makes perfect. Anyone know that practice makes perfect? Amen. If we're going to be great at what we do, if we're going to be successful at what we do, we have to keep practicing and practicing. And even when you think you're doing all right, keep practicing. Amen. This is not, this is not, uh, practice to, to be a good athlete. This is not practice to be a great actor or actress. This is not practice to do things that one day we can't do because we're old, but this is practice so we can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And so we, this is a practice that we can never stop doing. Just keep on practicing until you, the, the day come where you are with Jesus for all eternity. So practice makes perfect. Freedom living because we are called to be righteous. We must look to scripture as our guide because we are called to be righteous. We must look to scripture as our guide. We are not righteous. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. If we ever try to present ourselves as righteous beings, uh, we will be out of order and we will deceive ourselves. If we ever try to present ourselves as righteous beings, we will deceive ourselves and we will be out of order because no human being is righteous. The only righteous one is the almighty God and he came in flesh so we can see how righteous he is. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the only righteous one. But... We can be righteous even though we weren't born righteous or even though we're not righteous in nature. We can be righteous and the only way to be righteous is by living out the words of Jesus Christ. And so when you take the word of God and you apply it to your life, you become righteous because it's almost like you're clothed in his righteousness. So it's like, you know, if the Lord Jesus is this jacket that I have on, as long as I have on the jacket, I will be righteous because he's righteous, right? But the moment I take the jacket off, I'm no longer righteous because I'm not righteous in who I am, but he is righteous in who he is. So the only way we will ever be righteous is by practicing and applying the word of the Lord in our life. And his word, because he's righteous, everything that he says and does is righteous. And when we begin to obey it and apply it in our life, then we become righteous. But if we do anything on our own, it's not righteous, no matter what you think. The only thing that becomes righteous is when we apply the word of God. So you can only be righteous if you're living out the word of God. Okay, so our scripture text, our theme was taken from Second Timothy chapter three, verse number 16 and 17. And chapter three, verse 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All good works. So we started last week's study by just talking about freedom living. And how we started out, we said that it takes different sets of skills to live a life of freedom than it does to live a life of bondage. It takes different sets of skills to live a life of freedom than it does to live a life of bondage. And so we started out by saying, if you look in, uh, look at a, a person that was incarcerated, when you're incarcerated, you're told everything to do. You must do this. You must do that. Your choices are usually made for you. And, and there's a regiment that's already in place that you have to follow. And so you can't do whatever you want. You can only do what the regiment, what the, uh, the, those that are in charge tell you to do. And so you don't have the right to choose. They choose for you. You don't get a, a filet mignon in prison. You don't get a T-bone steak in prison, okay? Because that's just not what you're 
going to get. That's not, you can't call incarceration. The children of Israel, while they were in Egypt, Egypt is a type or typology of our world today. Right? So when the children of Israel was in Egypt, they were living in bondage. And so it's equivalent to us today. If we're not living for Christ, we're really living in bondage. Now, I'm sure someone tell you that you're like, are you crazy? I make my own decisions. <laughs> That's good, Stace. That's exactly. That's exactly what the problem is. You make your own decisions. Um, now, that's a fine line because you still should make your own decisions, but your decisions should be according to freedom, freedom living, not bondage living. And so while we're not living for Christ, we're really bound. And we're in bondage, but somehow we've convinced ourselves that we're not. We convinced ourselves that we're fine. We convinced ourselves so strongly that we're good that we say the people that go to church are in bondage. Look at them. They got to go to church on Sunday. Look at them. They got to pray to God. And look at them. And, and we can go on and on and on about that. But remember, I gave you just a little, little example of bondage, but think you're okay. And one of the bondage, but you think you're okay is, okay, it's nice to have a glass of wine here and there. And one glass sometimes lead to two glasses, and two glasses lead to three glasses and maybe a beer. And we might stop there, but guess what? I drove when I thought I was okay, and I wasn't okay. I get pulled over, and all of a sudden now, DUI. And all of a sudden now, my license is suspended. And all of a sudden now, I got to pay this ticket. And all of a sudden now, I got to pay surcharge. And all these things are going on. You lose your license. You got to catch the bus. All these things. But when you first was living your life, you didn't think you were in any bondage. You were good. No, I'm making my own decisions. I'm, I'm fine. But in actuality, what's so good about the devil is he makes you think that you're all right when you're not. And remember what we, what we said was, we touched on this last week big time, that what, the things that feel really good, be careful of them. Because usually the things that feel really good is the things that lead us into bondage or cause us to be in bondage. The things that feel really good. So we have to now examine our life and say, how I'm living, is it bondage or is it freedom living according to what God had in mind for my life, your life? Because we have convinced ourselves that we're, we're fine. You know, like whatever we do, we feel like I'm not doing so bad. I'm okay, you know, but is it really okay? And are we living a life of freedom or a life of bondage? And that's something that we must think about. Um, in order for us to... God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. And when he delivered them, he gave them the Ten Commandments. Again, the devil spun it on us years ago and always want us to think what God says is what puts us in bondage or keeps us in bondage. And what we do on our own is what makes us free. So in the beginning, the devil said to Eve, God said, you can eat of all the trees in the garden, all of them, but you can't eat of that one. Let me paraphrase. God he is something else. He just wants to keep in control of everything. He don't want you to know everything. And so, look at what he's saying to you. You can eat of all the trees, but that one, you can't eat of it. Why doesn't he want you to eat of it? Huh? Huh? Why doesn't he want to eat of it? Because he, he's trying to hide something from you. He's trying to keep you from being a God like him. He just want to have all the glory on his own. That's kind of how the, the devil introduced this thing to us. And so, Eve stood there and started now, you know, being, struggling with lust, 
struggling with whether she should eat from the tree or not eat from the tree because the devil is trying to tell her God is trying to keep something from us. So, so in essence, the, the, the devil has convinced Eve that, you know, you're, 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 you're controlled. You're being controlled by God. But if you would just live your life, you won't be controlled by God. So just take that fruit and eat it. And you'll be fine. And so ever since then, we've been living a life that's telling us, do what you feel, and that's what makes you free. But that was a lie and a deception that Satan came up with. And so we have taken it even further now and says, you only live once. Enjoy yourself. Uh Uh-huh. And so we're just doing everything. You know, we, we've come up. I'm sure this word didn't always exist. You guys can confirm this with me. This word bucket list didn't always exist. Maybe you can trace, trace it back to when it first existed. Bucket list. That's a word instituted to tell you do whatever you feel like doing. So bucket list means everything that you want to do. Just take your time and just try to conquer it. Try to do everything you can. You want to go to Grand Canyon? Go to Grand Canyon. You want to go to this place? Go to this place. You want to drink this kind of drink? Drink that kind of drink. You want to smoke this kind of smoke? Smoke that kind of smoke. And it's just bucket list. And so we're doing these things and we're checking them off. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes us free. And that's how we've been living for a good part of our life. And we think, church, the word of God is controlling us. But we better get smart and see what the Lord is trying to tell us. So when the Lord delivered them from Egypt, the Lord gave them the Ten Commandments. Again, your understanding, my understanding, all these rules, man. But can I tell you what it's really all about? You had rules when you were in prison and you didn't know. And so now that you're no longer in prison, you need the guidelines to live free. These are called guidelines to live free. These commandments, the word of God is guidelines to live free. And when you are in sin, you're in bondage. And that was commandments to keep you bound. And we never stop to think about this. All we think that we can't do what we want. Well, just remember this. You've been programmed to stay in bondage. You've been programmed to live a life of captive. And so when you got free, you still had these habits of living in this life of bondage, this, this life of captivity. And so when the Lord comes now and tells you how to live free, you the devil turn it around and make you believe, oh, those words are to make you go in bondage. And the way you were living before were the right way. Isn't that something? And so we have to take a look at that and realize that everything the word of God says is to liberate us, not to make us stay in bondage. And so because God was the one that delivered us out of bondage, he has the right and knows what we need to do to stay out of bondage. We've been so programmed. Remember the children of Israel. Remembered they started murmuring and complaining when things weren't going right when they got out of Egypt. And some of them even made the statement, what, did he bring us out of Egypt to kill us? He should just let us stay in Egypt. We were better off anyway in Egypt. That's how bad sin and bondage and and being bound they were that they got so accustomed to it that that became the norm. Just think about it. People that struggle with nicotine, in their mind, they know this is not good for me. But at some point, they made the decision to say, I know it's not good for me, but I can't help it. 
That's what the devil is trying to do to us when it comes down to bondage. He wants us to feel like living for ourselves, living in sin, which is bondage, is just we can't help ourselves and that's all we can do. And God is trying to tell us that's a lie. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. And those kind of thoughts and those kind of things that he's doing is just to keep you in a state of bondage and make you think that you're all good. And so God gave us these Ten Commandments to liberate us. He gave us these Ten Commandments to keep us living a free life. But we think that the Ten Commandments was to keep us in bondage. And every time we read the word of God and it tells us something that we don't like, we think it's to keep us in bondage. And all the word of God is doing is making us free. (laughs) What did the scripture says? For only the truth, only the truth shall make you free. You ready for this? The Bible also says Jesus is the way, the (laughs) so what it's saying is only well let me say this so i can make the statement the bible also says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god right so we know the word and the lord which we'll look at right before we close tonight is synonymous it's one and the same and so if the word is jesus and the word is, is is what is truth and it makes you free It's clear. Obeying the word of God keeps you free. Living the way you want keeps you bound. It's just a matter of perspective. It's a matter of understanding who God is and really take him at his word as opposed to taking yourself or taking any other voice at its word. Mm Mm-hmm. In the Ten Commandments, the first commandment, says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the commandment that is so essential of all the commandments. Because anything that controls you more than God is a God to you. Mm -hmm. Anything that controls you more than God is a God to you. And God is saying you should have no other gods before me. So, whatever it is that becomes more important, it keeps us in bondage. And God is saying, I'm here to make you free, not keep you in bondage. Our deliverer, almighty God, has earned the right to instruct the delivered on living freely. So, what is today's instruction to live in freedom? Jesus told Nicodemus, and it goes for us today, you must be born again. So the word of God says, in order to see the kingdom of God, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we must be born again. Right? So Jesus, in this hour, in this day, according to his word in John chapter 3, 3 through 6, he says we must be born again. And so that's the way we leave this life of bondage. And so if he knows how, which he does, know how to lead us out of bondage and how to, out of captivity, he knows how to keep us safe. Just like he led the children of Israel out of captivity and he gave them the Ten Commandments, today he's leading us out of captivity and giving us the Word of God to stay out of captivity. So if he is that bad and that powerful to lead us out of captivity, he is that bad and that powerful to keep us out of captivity. Nobody else can promise you that. That I can save you and I can keep you safe. Nobody else can promise you that. Only the almighty God can save you and keep you saved. We serve a really, really good God. What the Lord is saying, since I am the one who delivered you, I am the one who will provide guidelines 
for successful freedom living. The word of God is our complete freedom for guidelines. If we want to live free, it's going to be by the word of God. Ephesians chapter 4, we read this last week, but I'll reiterate again. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24 says this in verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, let me stop there and just make a, make, make, make a, a, a comment about this. When we become born again and we are trying to live a life of freedom, we can't engage in certain conversations we used to have before that time. Mm-hmm. Some of these conversations we used to have, we got to, let me tell you something. Here's something real. If you go back to your old conversations, you're going to go back to your old ways. So that's one of the reasons why you have to put off the former conversations. So if I used to think about, if I used to, if I used to be a drinker and all of a sudden I find myself just doing a whole lot of talking about drinking, uh, it's going to make the devil put some drink before me. It's going to make the devil start tempting me. And because I spoke about it so much, the struggle is going to become real. So the best thing to do is not have a whole lot of conversation about drinking. You and your guys sitting around and you want to talk 15 minutes about drinking. No. Put off the former conversation because it can creep up on you. And be renewed, verse 23, in the spirit of your mind. So we need to put off the always of, of talking and be renewed. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the new man is Christ. And so here's where we're battling. Our old man existed and existed in a, in a, in a, in a, in an atmosphere of sin and bondage. And so we learn, uh, ways of, of living in that kind of environment. So we, we lived in a sinful environment and in bondage for a long time. And so that, the old man is used to that. Your, 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 yourself that you know is used to knowing how to survive while you're in bondage. And so you live that way for a good while. And so now you come into the church, the word of God is being preached, the spirit of God move on you, and you start to see, oh my goodness, that is true, and I need to get this together. And you start doing that and start walking toward that. The Lord is telling you, now I have a new way for you to live. And we have to remember that it really is new, which means you don't know. So you have to go to the word of God to know, because you don't know. This is why it's important for us to come together and look into the scriptures together, because I am trying to live a life of freedom, and I don't have all the words of God readily at hand. And so the more I can get into an environment where the word is being taught and being discussed, I'm getting more ammunition. I'm getting more information. I'm getting more stuff. So I'm arming myself to keep living this life of freedom. Because sometimes it just takes one wrong move, and here I go back into bondage where the Lord had pulled me out of. It's important to come together if we plan to live continuously in a life of freedom. Freedom living. James chapter 1 verse 25 said, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he is being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. So when we follow the word of God, we live out the word of God, the Bible says we will be blessed indeed. Anybody want to be blessed indeed? Listen, the word of God 
provides us directions for living, but it also provides us direction for our destination. Uh huh. The Word of God provides us direction and instruction for living, but it also provides direction for our destination. We have the Word of God to guide us into eternal life where we're going to be one day. But while we're here being guided to eternal life, we have instruction for that as well. So we need to follow the Word of God. Mm -hmm. We need to follow the Word of God. We can't take the Word of God for granted. One of the direction that we receive from God as instruction for our destination is prayer. Prayer. This is why we pray. We pray for many things, to have conversations with God. But we pray also because we need instructions from God. Uh, I don't know how all of you pray, but one good habit to practice when you pray is just Taking God at his, at, at his word and asking God for instructions. Uh-huh. Taking God at his word. Okay. How do you take God at his word? God, you said the steps of a good man are ordered by God. Will you order my steps today? Because you said the steps of a good man are ordered by God. God, you said the son of man came to seek and to save all which was lost. God, my my, 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 my brother is lost. God, my, 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 my sons are lost. God, my, my sister is lost. God, my auntie is lost. But you came to seek and to save that which was lost. So I'm just praying today that you will save my auntie. I'm praying that you will save my sons and my daughters. And so you, 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 you quote that to the Lord. And then you say, God, you know everything that's going on today. So I'm just asking you. To show me the things that I need to do, the people that I might need to just reach out to today, and all of these things. You're asking him because he's got the answer to everything. And so when we pray, it helps us to maintain our direction of while we're here in freedom, and it also directs us to our destination, our eternal destination. And so we go back to 2 Timothy 3.16. I'll read it in a different version for you. The scripture says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I like that. The scripture teaches us what is true and to help us to understand. Listen, can I, can I really, really help you with something. If we don't allow the word of God, we can't have so much pride. We can't have so much self-will. We can't have so much drive in us that when the word of God looks us straight in the face and said, you're wrong, that we don't say to ourselves, I'm wrong. Immediately. You don't need to wait on anything. This is serious because this is what keeps us Living in freedom. This is what will take us into eternity. And so when we are living how we want, and finally the Word of God says, you're wrong. What you just did is wrong. What you just said is wrong. Oh my goodness, if we would just not make any excuse. Oh my goodness, if we would just not even discuss anything other than saying, I'm wrong. We got to learn that kind of behavior and attitude towards the word of God. We have to be able to, because listen to me, the word of God is the number one authority in this world. There is no authority greater than the word of God. I don't care what the laws say. I don't care what the, now, now understand this what's great about God. The word of God carries a higher responsibility than anything else. So we don't have to worry about it. So whatever people are practicing in the world, that's fine. This word is going to be superior to what they're doing. So we never have to say, well, I'm following the word of God just to be rebellious. 
The word of God says, obey them that have the rule over you. That's the word of God. So even in my flesh, somebody disrespect me, but if they're in high authority, I'm supposed to still respect them. Uh, See the word of God? So we can't, so the word of God is just, it's the highest authority that we have in this earth, in this world. And so when the word of God look us dead straight in the face and says, you're wrong. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. When you get angry and you lose yourself and you go crazy, let the word of God say, dead wrong. Dead wrong. Dead wrong. When you do anything that's wrong, I'm talking me, you, as soon as you do it, and the word of God is just ringing in your mind, something you read, I'm dead wrong. We are in major trouble. If only the things that we like or we want to challenge people with the word of God, that's the only time we apply it. Be careful. We can't take the word of God and use it as a weapon. We can't take the word of God and make people feel bad. The word of God is for all of us, and we can't look at the word of God. And, 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 and when it tells us we're wrong, we say, yeah, but. No buts. No buts. If we start to make decisions in the word of God on what we think is okay and what's not, is going to put us in serious trouble. Compromising never start with a big compromise. <laughs> we never start just compromising in a big way. We start compromising a little way. Ah, what's wrong with that? What's the big deal? Okay, that may not have been a big deal. And maybe you're right about that. But then a month go by. And you push the envelope a little further. And you push a little further, and then somebody say to you, that's not right. Leave me alone. I don't know why you're telling me that. Like I don't understand. And now you got an attitude. Now you got an attitude. The word of God tell you. Don't get no attitude about the word of God. It's what keeps you free. That's why we don't get an attitude. The word of God will keep us free. But if we get an attitude, guess what? We go back into being bound. Anytime you decide to ignore the word of God, you put yourself back in bondage. That's what we do. So if you want to walk around and tell people, don't talk to me about that. I don't need to know about that. And you don't judge me. I know I'm going to heaven. Don't tell me. Listen. The devil know the word of God. And if the devil... Want to point his finger in your face and tell you something about the word of God? Don't ignore it because he's the devil. <laughs> yeah. Don't ignore it because he's the devil. Because the word of God is the word of God. So because somebody did, said it nasty to you or somebody tried to make you feel bad, if it's the word of God, it's the word of God. And that's how we have to look at it. So the word of God will show us when we're wrong. Yeah, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Remember, I told you God is not a condemning God because condemnation means you get told off and never get help back up. Remember, I said that condemnation, you you just get done in and person walk away. God never do you in and leave you where you are. God will whip you. He will straighten you out. He will do something to you to get get you together, but he's still going to have his hand like this out to you. That's how, That's called conviction and correction, the way God does things. He never leaves you right there and says, yeah, and walk away mad. Uh-huh. Mess with me again next time. <laughs> no, God will never do that to us. No, you, no, no. All he has to think about is, I went to the cross, man. I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross for you. What I'm just supposed to do, you know? I don't, you are just a, not a good person if you give birth to a child, lady, and you don't always have love in your heart and always trying to reach for that child. You, you, something is wrong with you. 
Something's wrong with you. You carried that child for nine months. You went through labor with that child. And you just, you just, something's wrong with you. It really is. Right? And that's just you carrying a child. Not the same as the, 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 the crucifixion that Christ went through for us. So just from that standpoint should make you understand he would never just leave you and just like, I'm tired of you. Went through too much for you. Went through too much for you. Tell your neighbor, God went through too much for me. Mm, he won't just leave you there. He won't just leave you there. <laughs> he went through too much for me. God also uses, the word of God is also is used to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. The word of God, only when you obey the word of God will you do good work. If you do whatever you want, you might think it's good work, but it's not good work. Only the word of God make you do good work. Second Timothy, further explanation about it, when it says all scripture is, 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 is given unto us, all scripture. When it tells us that, you know what it's actually saying? All the scriptures are God breathed. All scripture is inspired. God breathed. That's what it means. It's God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. This tells us that every word of the Bible was breathed out of God. Bless you. The words of the Bible came from God and were written by man. So I like when people say, man wrote the Bible. I said, absolutely they did. You know, because people say things, understand this, people say things, because they don't want to hear from you. Let me tell you a little joke. This is a good joke. So last night I went to this little restaurant. I went to get some food, right? And so we know the person that work at the restaurant. And so I'm talking to the person. And, and, we, and she said, hey, pastor, I've been telling this guy, one of the cooks, I've been telling this guy to, to, to come to church. And he keeps telling me he don't believe in God and blah, 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 blah. She's going on and on. And she went back and told him, come here and meet pastor. So she brought him around. The guy walked out with a smile, right? And so I looked her in the eye and I said, while he was standing, I said, listen. He is saying all of that because if he have to really come to the knowledge of the truth and say the word of God is true, he's going to have to change his actions. He doesn't want to change his actions. So he tells you all this stuff. I don't believe that God is real. I don't believe what the Bible says. I don't believe Jonah. These are things he was saying. I don't believe Jonah really was swallowed up in the belly of a fish. I don't believe this. And he keeps saying all this stuff. I said, listen to me, honey. He is saying all of that because if he ever admit that those things are true, he's going to have to change his life. And so I started talking to her. And so the guy was standing there just smiling. And she said, hold on, hold on. Why are you so quiet? Why are you so quiet? You said all this talking when pastor wasn't here. Now pastor's standing here and you're so quiet. So let me tell you why he was quiet. He was in Mercer County Correction Center not months ago, and he didn't want nobody to know. But he knew me because he was in my Bible class. <laughs> so he didn't want anybody from the restaurant to know he was locked up. So what he did was he just stood quiet. He wouldn't say, because he was worried I was going to say something. But I, I've been around the block too many times. I've been, I've been in that situation all so many times where my guys get out and they're in places working. And I would go and say hello. And no, I wouldn't say anything about them being locked up. I wouldn't do that to them. But he was worried. He was just sweating. I hope the pastor don't say I was in jail. I hope the pastor. So, I, so after he didn't say much, I said, all right, I'm leaving. He ran behind me out the door. Oh, oh, pastor. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm telling you, that, that gave me a kick last night. I was so, it tickled me so much. Oh, my goodness. And so I won't tell nobody. I said, man, don't worry about that. I said, you don't worry about a thing. Nobody will ever know. You all know, but you don't know nothing about this guy. You don't know. But I would never. They won't know. And I'll go in, and he'll know Pastor. Then he'll come out and say hello, but nobody will know. 
Oh, you never know. So people say these things. We can't deny the word of God. We say all kind of things. But a lot of t- I understand it. And that's why I don't argue with people, because once you start fighting back and forth about the word, what you're saying in essence is I don't want to I don't want to obey that part of the word of God. I don't want to agree with that, because if I do, it, it's going to make me have to realize I have to change my actions. It's going to try to bring you out of bondage and you like being in bondage at that moment. And that's what it comes down to. We enjoy our bondage because we were in our bondage longer than we don't like to change. We don't like to change. And so we become used to and more comfortable with our bondage than we are with living for the Lord and being free. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be free. Jesus loves you and he wants you to stay free. And so if we want to stay free and live free, we need to just trust God and obey his word. As long as we keep on fighting against the word of God, we are in bondage. And when you're in bondage, man, oh, you know what's, you know what's, you know what's funny? Here's something that you need to think about. You might, once you know about the word of God, you might as well live for God. You want me to tell you a secret? Why? Because no matter how you live, not living for God, knowing the word of God, you become miserable. Knowing what the word says and doing what you want make you miserable, make you in conflict. And so you're doing what you want, but it's no longer pleasurable like it could be if you didn't know the word of God. Because remember, think about this. When you didn't know anything about God and you were living in your sin, sin was good. Your bondage was good because you were doing it ignorantly. You enjoyed it. Oh, man, this is good. It was really good. And then you come to church, you get saved. And then when you slip up once in a while, you didn't even enjoy it the way you used to enjoy it. Come on, somebody, and help me in here. You know what I'm talking about. You're not enjoying it like you used to enjoy it anymore. So that's why you might as well just do all your best to live in freedom according to the Word of God because it just doesn't feel the same anymore. I can imagine me trying to sit down at a bar trying to do what I used to do. That must, I, oh my goodness, I, I don't know what that would feel like. Just, 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 just straight up doing something wrong because, and you only know it's wrong because now you know the Word of God. And so now you got to struggle with this thing because you know what you're doing is not good. And you're really in bondage. So you can't enjoy it. So my, my suggestion to you, not only that because I know the word of God keeps you free and it's the word of God and all this stuff. But my goodness, you know, just, just, it's not going to be any fun doing what you used to do that you used to like. Because just the, the and then the big fear come. What if the Lord returns now while I'm doing this wrong thing? It just, you can't enjoy it anymore. And so everything you do that's wrong, once you know the word of God and know the truth, it's just not even enjoyable anymore. You know, so I'll rather just, um, you know, it's like, um, it's some food. Because of Brother Tom, I don't enjoy it like I used to enjoy. You know, because you, you're counting all the calories in it. Yeah, counting all the calories. You used to enjoy that food, and like you ate it with no problem, just mm, digging in. And now, when you bite it, you're like, "Ugh, I might have been about 400 calories just on that." Uh, you know. And so now you're not enjoying it like you used to because now you're counting the calories while you're eating it. Before I counted no calories. Eat, let's eat. And even when you're enjoying it, you're thinking, "I gotta, I gotta start." working out i got i gotta you know hit the gym because i just just consume this much calorie you know you want to eat when you go home because you know christians like to eat after church but now i'm thinking if i eat this i'm going to go lay down with this food and wake up in the morning ah that's extra calories so if i'm eating it's not just just not going to feel good eating good eating after church it's just the word of God keeps you free, and if you just live by the word of God, you will just enjoy yourself, and it will be fine. Here I, here I am. I'm closing up 830. I'm done here. The Bible is the preeminent authority on its subject, the story of God, humanity, and our redemption. The Bible is clear about those things. It is 
the preeminent authority on its own. Want to know about the creator of the universe? Check the Bible. Want to know about humanity's relationship with the creator? Search the scriptures. Want to learn about Jesus Christ? The Bible instructs us. Want to know the Lord's destination for humanity? The Bible provides it. (laughs) Want to know how to get to heaven? The Bible tells you. Need tools for godly transformation? The Bible. Whatever we need to know and understand about being totally free and living our life, and who Jesus Christ is, and what we ought to be doing in whatever situation we're in, the Bible tells us. The Bible is the word of God, and it is what will make us free when we obey it. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We need to embrace the Bible. We need to embrace this word of God and not make it anything else. Sometimes we treat this word almost like, uh, I don't know, oh, by the way, I, I can't tell you enough about, you know, we, we said this and I say this all the time. Listen, the only insurance you have in this life is the word of God. I don't know if it went over your head. The only insurance you have, because the thing about this is your house can burn down, you can Bill another one because you got insurance. You can total your car. You can buy another one because you have insurance. Somebody stole your jewelry. Boom. The other day I got a new iPhone. I heard now they have um, theft and loss prevention on it because they never used to have that as insurance before. So now if you lose your phone or somebody steal it from you, you can go and get another one. They never used to have that. They only used to have it broken or they couldn't fix it. Yeah. And so you have all these insurance for replacement everything. Your life don't have a replacement. When you done when you're done with this life, you're done with it. And there's nothing else you can do. It's done. And the only thing that will preserve this into all eternity is the word of God. We cannot be nonchalant. We cannot live for God just any kind of way and take it for granted and just lay back. We we can't fool ourselves and think because God loves us so much that we can nonchalantly go about his business, but we'll be all right anyhow. You have to live for God in an intense way where you, where you you're saying, I am not taking any chances because I really don't know. Because here's the story. Who do you know that went to heaven and came back and explained it all to you? So if you don't have that person, why are you going to be casual about this? If you don't have that person, why are you just going to be all cool about this? Because we don't know. So let's just live for the for, for God. Take the word of God and apply it with some, some intensity, with some tenacity, with some Oh, because we're saying, you know what? I got to make sure I get in. I got to make sure I have this relationship with Christ that keeps me free. I can't take this for granted and do whatever I want because all it takes is just a, uh. Remember, the Bible says that in a twinkling of an eye, you know how quick a twinkling of an eye is? Ooh. I am not being nonchalant about this. This evening, my little brother... How he come come and he's not in church? I tell you, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with these people. So he came to the house at five o'clock, and I'm leaving. He said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to church." He said, "Church start at seven thirty. I said, "I know." <laughs> I'm just telling you, I've never. I just, I just feel that. To, it just you got to go get it. It's just not. Uh, let me go and get it. Whatever I, whatever I can put in, whatever time and effort and energy, however much of the word I can give it to me, I can't take any chances. And so I say to you, if you're going to live free, apply the word of God to your life. 
Don't let the devil trick you and think whenever you apply the word of God in your life that it's bondage. No, it's freedom. You've just been in bondage so long that you now take bondage for freedom. And God is the one that's trying to help you understand that when you live by his word, by his statute, then that's really freedom. And the way you were living was bondage. Remember what I told you, children of Israel, we should have just stayed here and just, just you know, go through what we were going through. That was better. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Say to yourself, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to live free. I'm going to live free. Don't don't let all the things that that feel uncomfortable to you. When 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 it feels uncomfortable, understand you're probably doing the right thing. When it feels uncomfortable, you're probably doing it. What did we say? If you are comfortable, you can't be growing. If you're just, if everything is going just the way you like it, you're not growing. Living for God successfully means some things are going on that you're uncomfortable with. No? Yeah. 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 In this little fall season, man, it feels good to sleep in the morning when it look a little dark. Prayer? What are you talking about? Prayer. <laughs> yeah. It's comfortable to lay in the bed. But getting out and go pray is not comfortable. The uncomfortable things is what keeps you growing in God. It's what keeps you free. But the comfortable things keep you in bondage because you did you did it so long that it has a hold of you and you can't shake it. Start practicing how to make the uncomfortable things become comfortable. So you will hold on to that and you can't shake that. The uncomfortable thing that you, you, you couldn't do before. Now you're doing it, and you're doing it so much that it's now the norm for you, and that's what's going to keep you free. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us tonight. I sense your presence. I know your spirit is moving in this place. Lord, will you help us tonight? Will you help us? We just can't come to another Bible study and just... Take it as just another one. But Lord, let this word be engrafted in our heart that we will really, truly understand, embrace, and believe that your word is total liberation. Your word is total freedom. And there's no bondage. There is no error in your word, Lord God. If we will trust your word and obey your word, we will live in complete freedom, in complete liberty, in complete, oh God, life eternity. I pray tonight, Lord God, that every person under the sound of my voice here tonight will somehow just get a hold of you and the Spirit of God will somehow move on them so strongly that God, they will feel a difference from this day on. From this day on, they will have a hunger. From this day on, they will have a passion. From this day on, all the shots.